Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cassandra Properties Podcast. This is episode number two. Today, we are featuring Peter Gambino. We made a brief intro to Peter on the first podcast. He is typically on the ones and twos, running everything um, digital here at Cassandra Properties. He's our CMO. And today's podcast is going to focus on digital marketing. You know, we're calling it Digital Marketing 101. We want to take you through um, everything you need to know about how to stay ahead in a fiercely competitive uh, field right now, an ever-changing field. Uh, we're going to do this, obviously, through the spectrum of a real estate company, but a lot of the principles that Pete has brought to the company um, can be used in, in every different kind of field. So, Peter, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Exciting. I'm a big fan of the podcast. and glad that we were able to get this off the ground and you know, continue going on and I know we have some uh, good guests lined up um, but uh, yeah it's good it's fun it's a good experience so the podcast uh, along with so many other initiatives was absolutely in part uh, in big part uh, spearheaded and kind of pushed through by Pete he is uh, really brought our company to a completely different level so I think it's important Pete let's pull it way back and let's kind of start at the beginning can you Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Give us some some history, previous work experiences, and how you ended up at this wonderful real estate company. <laughs> sure. Today. So um, my most relevant uh, working experience is I got into digital marketing, um, digital advertising, actually back in 2009, where I started with a um, mobile advertising company called Quattro Wireless. They were based out in Boston or Waltham, Massachusetts, and had an office in uh, in New York City. Um, and from there, it was a, they, it, what we did was serve banner ads onto mobile devices and, um, you know, get people to try and, uh, download applications with a lot of the ads you see today and everything like that. So those annoying ads, right. that, that come up, that's you. So those annoying ads, <laughs> they've, they've evolved, uh, over the years. I know now there's a lot of video involved and everything like that, but yeah, those annoying ad, the ads that popped up that got you to download. Like, uh, I remember my first campaign i ran was doodle jump i don't know if you remember that game that was sure. like one of the most popular games yep. out there it was 99 cents and uh the um the, the developer uh was crushing it with this little game where you just jump up uh, all the way uh uh and see how high you can get but it was a, it was a pretty cool app at the time um so from there um the company got bought by apple in 2010 and what we did, what ended up uh, becoming of Quattro Wireless, the entire advertising network turned into something called iAd, which was Apple's um, advertising platform. Where okay. so we took um, where we took those annoying ads, and now we did it uh, more on a mass scale and tried to make them less annoying, um, more impactful. Uh, you know, because there was a huge market, obviously, for apps. Even now, there's you know, I'm sure everybody has a ton of apps on their phone and sees a ton of ads for these um, different um, companies. So our goal was obviously to help the developers to drive revenue for developers by serving more ads in these apps, which in turn was to hopefully create more free apps, which you see uh, happening now instead of the paid version. And there's, so, there's been a big evolution in that, right? There's like a huge there's... evolution with that. And um, I'm going to a little bit more of that if you want, but just to finish up on the, the history part is, so with the, with the mobile advertising there and helping developers um, drive more app, uh, installs of the applications, you know, it turned into, um, you know, it was a big business, but a Apple's 
priorities shifted a little bit and kind of got out of the advertising business a little bit on that front because of uh, you know, privacy issues and everything else like that. So from there, I moved on to another digital advertising company kind of doing the same thing and then um, kind of fell into uh, the real estate business here. Um, I think it's been two years now, two, two and a half years maybe, and uh, landed here trying to take some of the things I learned over there and kind of bring them over here, which um, it, it, it's working. It's, it's, it's been a long process, but it's definitely working and helping out a lot, I feel. Yeah, so, and we'll get into, um, you know, kind of benchmarking and taking stock of where you are so that, that you could properly ascertain what's effective and what's not. But I have to go back to, because uh, you owe me a bunch of money, right? So, so <laughs> yeah. we're going to talk about, you know, apps and, and ads. We have to talk about yeah. a couple of games, right? Turf Wars crushed me, right? It was a game, I don't know if anyone remembers, this is the game where you literally had to go and be physically in the territory to claim a turf to claim a turf yeah. right so uh, i remember we road tripped one day and, and he got me playing this game too. <laughs> and we ended up in in massachusetts yeah. we were driving all over the place we took a day and uh had some fun dropping mm -hmm. these turfs and and then of course there was clash clash royale right and clash of clans yep. those are two two other ones i don't know if anyone out there remembers them but uh clash, tremendous clash games. royale still big i remember it was on the uh, on a cruise or something it was like we started playing that and then we kind of just got involved and it, it was uh, um, addicting just because it was a good experience you know quick it was kind of like a chess match almost, almost in, a, yep. in a digital form uh it was a really good game still yeah. is a good game but they the it's funny how these games have integrated seamlessly into Everybody lives and dies with their phone now, right? Uh, everything that we do is driven through our, our phones or tablets or devices, and they've made them, uh, they've integrated them so brilliantly. You can go from heavy, you know, reading a heavy document or being involved in something on the business side, flip right over, throw a quick match or two in. It gives you just like a brief reset, right? It, it's interesting. Break, yeah. How, they, how they've done that. So you work for a company, uh, Quattro Wireless. You're acquired by Apple. Is that what happens? Yeah, Apple bought Quattro. So to want a little story there, there's some good stories I could tell about the whole experience as well, too. So Apple, at the time, Quattro Wireless' biggest competitor was AdMob. I don't know anyone in the advertising world would know who AdMob was. AdMob was the biggest mobile advertising network at the time. Quattro was number two. Um, so Apple was actually trying to buy AdMob at the time, but Google came in and scooped them up before it kind of outbid them and they bought AdMob Google. So AdMob was off the market, came in and bought Quattro instead. So it was kind of like, um, uh, you know, a good thing where, you know, AdMob got bought by Google. Otherwise I would probably would have been working for Google at the time. So, and I, I really enjoy the experience with Apple, learned definitely a lot there. So to, let's talk about that for a minute. What's that like? I mean, you know, Apple is this iconic, you know, company and, and I mean, I've, I've got, Apple Watch, yeah, Apple Phone. I just, I've got apples coming out of my ears here. Yeah. So what, what was that like? What is that experience like? So it was good. It was challenging, I would say that. So what Apple does in, in the beginning when they acquire a company is they buy the company and then they kind of leave you on your own as the company that you previously were yep. for like, for, they say about two years. And they say, if you could survive on your own under the Apple umbrella for two years, we'll go and help you. Right. So it was it was confusing for a lot of people that worked with us for our advertising our clients because like oh great you work at your apple now you know what can you do for me itunes you know with you know with developers can you help us out and we were like we really don't have much communication with them because i know we work for apple but you didn't get it they kind of want to let us go on our own because operate in a silo and right. see how you were gonna okay. exactly make sure everything can function normally see, make sure it continue uh you know 
thriving as a business and then okay now we'll come and help you it's not like you guys are failing we're gonna come and help you make it better we want to make sure you are a great business that you're working and then from there we're going to even make it even better after that you know so for two years it was kind of the same process you know a little more difficult but then once we started getting integrated with itunes and, the, and that team and um you know we started to uh develop more relationships there and we're able to move things along it got a lot better but it's definitely a great company to work for um you know they were big on uh, on privacy which is great and i have nothing but great things to say about apple whatsoever so uh, i'm a big fan still I have all the products same thing ipad iphone mac yeah. apple watch all that stuff so it was definitely a great experience it must be must be really neat to be able to go from a, a smaller company and to be able to step in and, and after you get through that two-year period to have access to see how they do it right that must have been a really neat experience for you yep, to yeah it definitely was for sure and to see how they operate you know um and i worked there for i think steve jobs was still the head of apple while i was there for maybe a year or so before before he passed um and my ceo at the time of quattro wireless became the vp of advertising and he has some really good stories about things that went on with him and 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 steve and some of the stories that you hear of, of how he, he was definitely true some of them aren't but he had a particular way of acting around things and 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 getting things done and and he definitely had a distorted reality on a lot of things like people say but he uh you know he built a great products great company yeah so there's there's uh something that we talked about also in our first podcast just being a little bit more tolerant people have to understand that there's good and the bad in everything and everyone and there's certain things that make up the individual and you can't just pluck all the great you know attributes right. of somebody and then not deal with the the other side of it so um that's really cool and and then you 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 go from apple and you step way up the ladder into cassandra properties <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it definitely different so coming it, it has it definitely a lot translates but it, a lot should translate i would say into real estate because real estate is it's it's about advertising you know you have to obviously the reason why people work with a, a realtor is because they want their property sold and advertised and you know get it out to the masses and let people see it um you know so that's why coming here I was like this is great I could do a lot of the advertising stuff but I realized nobody's really doing it you know uh, yeah well you used the word obvious and you said obviously and it wasn't obvious and it wasn't even obvious to me we you know I had a, a pretty good handle on the transition and what we had seen coming uh you know again talking about converting from a deal maker to a marketer two completely different things and the real estate industry um, has an awful lot of the you know kind of titans in the industry that you know came up in a different world in a different era and everything has changed it's not just about being a deal maker you need a great deal maker but you also need to have massive exposure so that's that's going to be the focus for today's podcast we wanted to really pull the curtain back a little bit more and run down many of the initiatives, many of the things that you've done that have helped uh, establish Cassandra Properties and, and offer and share some of this knowledge uh, to our audience. You know, I think it's important that we talk about being an authority in this industry, right? In your industry. There are a lot of folks um, that position themselves as SEO experts and they position themselves as digital marketing experts and they're not you know this is a, a really fast changing game 
um, and you've got to be completely vested. We found it impossible, and we work with some great companies, uh, but we found it absolutely impossible for us to be able to work with a third-party company because real estate, the changes are so fast, right? New listings, price changes. Uh, people want their their site, you know, their their property up and marketed. They want it front and center. Things happen so quickly, and you're coordinating over, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 different agents and staff and people. Uh, we found it impossible to work s seamlessly with third-party companies, as wonderful as they were, and, and we had some great experiences with them. It wasn't until you came on that things started to click. And I think that's when you started to get a sense of how much of a disconnect there was between the top deal makers and what digital marketing or marketing in general really was. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's hard to work with a third party for something like this, just because it's, it's a full-time job, you know, yeah. and you know, third parties, obviously whatever their, um, their specialties are, whatever their services are, they're not going to be focusing on just one client, which is obvious, you know, they have other clients to deal with. And if you're not in, down in the weeds, um, you, you, things can kind of get lost and not marketed properly or not, uh, you know, done in the correct ways where, you know, where things are getting done, but it's not the most effective way getting done without you know? a doubt. So, um, yeah, definitely taking on all of the marketing initiatives here. It, it, it's great. I love doing it. It's something, you know, it's a lot of creative stuff, which I love to do, um, which I haven't really gotten to do in the past. But it's definitely um, it's it's a full time job where someone's got to be focused on it just to drive the um, the exposure into every place that we want to. Obviously, you want it out there everywhere, and you want it um, you want to get a listing or any kind of message out there on every platform. But it's got to be at the right time. You got to have the right audience. You got to have the right targeting. You got to have the right message. You know everything like that. Yep. Um, and that takes, it takes a lot of work. It's not something that can be phoned in or, um, you know, kind of set on autopilot too much. So there's, there's a big difference again, between people who position themselves as experts and experts. And, and I say this, um, not as a, you know, self-promoting thing. I say this because you are an absolute expert. You have taken this to a whole different level. And I just wanted to share some quick stats, um, in the little over two years that Pete's been with us. Uh, Feedspot, which is a, 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 they publish a monthly blog and they update, um, you know, rankings f in the country for uh, real estate blogs and for real estate websites. In a little over two years, Pete has brought us up now, uh, we're, I think we're now 58, right, for 58. blogs. We're now 58, right, for real estate blogs in the country. Like, that's, that's pretty amazing. Not bad. No, it's, that's amazing, right? I mean, you know, when you, you think about we are a, a relatively small real estate company here in Staten Island, uh, and to be just e to even look up and see names like Forbes and Realtor.com and, you know, uh, it's, it's really neat. Zillow and Trulia and, and, and our website, too. You did this for our website. Where I think we're 52 now uh, in the Somewhere website in rankings. Yeah. You know, that's that's. It's it, it's a lot to do with um, it, a lot has to do with your vision. I mean, it was your vision that saw all this and you knew it was coming um, and you knew it had to change. And it was just a matter of just me implement implementing things and just staying on top of it. And the, I don't think people understand the importance of the blog. You know, that's um, it's extremely important one for, for content. I mean, we're in a content driven world right now where it's all about content. I mean, think about why are we doing a podcast right now? It's for content, yep. you know, you know, so people are, are eager to consume content, whether it's on their device, on their uh, laptop, anywhere. 
and they're, um, everybody wants to be educated onto something. Um, so a blog is a great way to educate an audience, uh, you know, get a message out, but having a blog that updates regularly is, uh, is a great way to, um, you know, drive people to your site. Um, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not sure how many people know how important it is for, you know, search engine optimization. I mean, something we talk about in order to, uh, you know, drive rankings for that. How many people come to our site just for the blogs and end up going to look at different listings and seeing other things there. So it's a mechanism to, it's a gateway to get people there because they want to consume content. They want to, um, you know, be educated on certain things that they don't know about. And if you have a good article, if you have it done, optimized the right way, and if people search for whatever it is, um, you know, house cleaning, home improvement, or um, sell my house fast, anything like that. And if we're somewhere in the high, you know, high up in the rankings and we get somebody to come to our site, a lot of times they're gonna stay there and they'll come back. Right. You know? So so let's, uh, th- this is where the rubber meets the road and, and we wanted to deliver value to our audience. So I wanna get in the weeds on some of these things. Uh, you know, what some of the things Pete's talking about and just again to, to establish the authority in, in this marketplace, We've now increased to 1,600 organic clicks a month on our website. When we started, we were fourth or fifth. We're now number one. The next closest competitor is 270 clicks organically a month, right? So that's, yep. that's the type of delta that you've established, and you're just kind of getting rolling, right? We have now over 6,100 subscribers on our YouTube channel. We have uh, over 270,000 video views. I never would have even thought that that was possible at the end game. Uh, I, so I didn't think the subscribers were possible. That many, you know, uh, climbing up this fast right now, which is kind of exciting. Um, you know, a lot has to do with just, again, it's content. You know, it's content, it's um, consistency. Quality content, Quality right? content yeah, and consistency um, where, you know, it, you could post a video once or twice a year and you can claim to get a bunch of subscribers, but they'll never come back because they don't, and they'll never know about you or you'll never gain any other ones because there's no content coming out. Right. right. So it's the, the quality of the content, the consistency of the content, and that's where it gets people to continue to come back and want to subscribe and, you know, be part of, uh, you know, your audience. So let's take people through, um, if we can, there's a lot that I want to touch on, but I do want to touch on the, the main topics of, if you're in the industry or you're in any industry and you're looking to drive your digital presence, you're looking to grow your website, you're looking to grow your social platforms, here's a really, you know, kind of quick roadmap of how you do it. We're going to go through each topic. We're going to talk about each topic for a couple of minutes. And at the end, certainly, if, if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to us. But let's start. Uh, with the website, right? Everything is is kind of the websites are hub. That's the hub where we try to force everybody to obviously well, not force everybody to, but that's where we want obviously all the eyeballs to go. Whether it's from social, whether it's from advertising, whether it's from uh, you know blogs, search, you know organic or paid. That's where we want people to end up is the the website. So you're using a lot of terms there, and I want to just slow it down a little bit because I didn't know most of this stuff when we started. So um, SEO is kind of the backbone. Right. It's search engine optimization. Okay. So search engine optimization. So this is, uh, most people go out, they engage somebody to do uh, a website for them. They get their standard proposal and they show what the website's going to look like. And they talk about some of the basic functions that the website's going to offer, but it goes so much further and so much deeper than that. Pete took us through an SEO exercise, um, where we basically call it the SEO Bible now. Right. And, 
And we went in, and to my complete shock, keywords, right, which are things that you want to have included in uh, critical parts of your website, and you want people searching for. You you want to weave this into different components in your social and your hashtags and all that sort of stuff. So these are the key phrases for us. It's real estate, Staten Island real estate, commercial real estate, residential real estate, and it goes on and on and on and on. People don't search for your product the way you think they do. And let me explain. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you, if you're going mm-hmm. and you're launching your website, first thing you should be doing is an SEO exercise with the professional. So I search real estate because I have 25 years of experience. Um, I have a different level of insight and knowledge. So when I search for something in real estate, I type it in one way. And you took me through this exercise, which was probably the single most eye-opening exercise for me because everything prior to that, I had people building around how I thought people would search. So you have this neat tool where you plug in a key phrase, you you plug in a key expression, and Pete's Pete's got a wonderful way of like taking me down a long path to just show me that I'm wrong at the end instead of just <laughs> just saying no, dummy, listen to me, I'm right. Uh, so we started to uh, there was four or five of us. We went on for hours it was and a hours long night, and hours, yeah. right? We were there until two o'clock in the morning. You guys picked it back up through the weekend, and at the end of the day, what I what I what I arrived at was. My knowledge is not how people search. So you type in the key phrase and it will tell you the competition. It will tell you how many people are searching that word or phrase a month. And it will tell you how many results are being produced for those keywords and key phrases. And and the competition as well. So competition is important because it gives you a better understanding of I'd say related keywords that you can rank for uh, much easier, easily, easier, easily, easily easily rank for than maybe your target keyword. So for example, real estate, that term extremely hard to rank high on because of how broad it is, how many people are trying to, you know, get out there is saying, like you said, Zillow's truly is where they dominate that kind of uh, phrase and market. But if you dial it down and look for, um, key phrases around that that aren't so competitive, like maybe not Staten Island real estate because it's still a little competitive, but real estate listings or real estate um, real estate for sale or houses for sale near me, you know, right. where those are- uh, Or still, in a neighborhood. In, right? in a specific neighborhood, yeah. That, that's uh, another thing that we went through is different neighborhoods that was something we optimize the site for, we can talk about after, but um, it's, you look around and even if it doesn't have as much volume, but it still has volume and it's less search results and less competition. It's a lot easier to rank for something like that. So, and as long as you rank for something like that and you start driving clicks, then people get to see the other content that's there and everything else that's on your site. Right. So So essentially um, my entire website for all the years prior to this was built and predicated on focusing on search terms and search words that were either totally irrelevant or had so much competition that it didn't matter. Like we were just a drop in, in an ocean, not even a bucket. So uh, Pete identified the, the long lead time, kind of slow grind things, the general terms that you have to compete for, right? You, you have to show Google that there's relevancy, even though right. there's that fierce competition. But then you found, you know, instead of uh, there being 
you know, I don't know, 2,654,000 results for this term, you took certain nuances to it. And we started seeing things that were 40 searches a month, 50 searches a month that were market specific yep. that, uh, you know, just by adding an S, dropping an S, adding a neighborhood, dropping a neighborhood, you know, just flipping words around and you went right away went after those 40, 50, 100, 200, where there was very little search results, if any, and that's, immediately right, some, started but, mm -hmm. to layer these things up. So we have a massive spreadsheet, folks, and, and we recommend this to everybody again. And this applies to every field, no matter what field it is that you're in. If it's, you know, if you're a lawyer, legal terms. If you're a realtor, it's, it's, it's real estate stuff. If you're a restaurant, it's restaurant stuff. So you, you get these terms, we put them into the Bible, and now this gets woven into everything, right? This gets woven into every blog. So we have our agents write blogs, we write blogs, then it goes to our uh, proofer. The proofer goes down the Bible, pulls out the relevant SEO words that they think fit that particular narrative. It gets woven into the blog, the blog gets posted. So this is, you know, it, it drives me mad when you try and explain this to people and, and, and you know, you have uh, sellers that will say, oh, well, you know, everyone has a blog. Well, not everyone. A lot of not people everyone, have blogs, right? but very few have blogs that are written the right way, that have the optimized proper phraseology, correctly. right? They're opt that's the, the vernacular. They're optimized correctly. So you're going to start this website. You're going to go. You're going to hire somebody, right? Let's make sure that you're getting a proper SEO search engine optimization analysis off the hop. That's really the first thing that you want to do. Next, let's talk about metadata. Right? So I love that word, metadata. I like that word? Metadata. Yeah. It's confusing at times, but um, yeah, so metadata is pretty much, um, it, it's a description of your page or of your blog or whatever you're creating of uh, a really short, quick um, summary of what it is. And that's what shows up on the search results as well too. So if you search for something against that now in real estate, um, you might see the title. So the title of the page will show up. That's the big bold letters that are there. Then right underneath that is a couple of lines of text. That's the metadata. That's the metadata. Yeah, that's so the metadata. description of the page right. when you do a Google search. Exactly. And that's where you want your keywords in. And, um, and Google's updated and optimized so many times, and they've gotten smarter as well, too, where in the past people would kind of spam you know, metadata or spam keywords where it would be like, if you wanted to rank for Staten Island real estate, it would be like Staten Island real estate, come to this page for Staten Island real estate. And when you were here for Staten Island real estate, you can find Staten Island real estate in this market because it's Staten Island. And Google kind of took that and said, nah, that's not gonna happen any longer because it's, it's not relevant. It doesn't, nobody would read that. And it's just trying to game the system where, so you have to, you could still include keywords, but you have to make it more readable. Um, and it's got to flow in the right way where, you know, people understand it. It's not something that's just, you know, very spammy. Yeah. So it's got to, it's got to flow. It's got to make sense. Right. And we're taking still the same keywords and phrases that we want to focus on. Then for that particular page of the website, we're weaving it not only into the text on the website page, but also in the description of the website page. Correct. Metadata. Yep. The metadata. I yep. am Optimus Prime. So that's the metadata. So you want to have your keyword, you want to have in your title, you want to have it in the metadata description. If possible, you'd kind of want to have it in the link as well. Um, okay. You know, CassandraProperties.com slash Staten Island Real Estate or whatever, if that's what you're searching for or whatever the keyword is. So if you could have those three things, that's a great start. 
but there's much more layered on top of it that needs to be done as well. Um, right. And you want to go to the next phase? The next phase is... Yeah, so next phase we have is the wonderful backlinks. Backlinks. Yeah. So you've established your site and your site is uh, set up and you've done your proper homework with your SEO uh, and you have a quality product. Um, now Google wants to make sure you're an authority. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. So I'll, um, I usually mess this one up and I'm, I'm still learning folks. So, so yeah. So being, uh, um, so backlinks are extremely, extremely important and they're probably the hardest thing to get, um, if, you know, on your site or for different blog articles or anywhere. And what it is, it's pretty much, it's a, uh, it's another site pointing to your site. So uh, explain. So, a good example is um, Staten Island Zoo. Staten Island Zoo. Okay, great. So StatenIslandZoo.com, let's say. If they were, they had some kind of article or some kind of content on there that had to do with real estate, and then in that article they had Cassandra Properties and a link to our site. That's a backlink. Right? Okay. So the reason why it's so important to Google and why it makes you an authoritative site, the, the more backlinks you have, um, because it's uh, it, it tells Google that okay you you know what you're talking about. You have street cred, right? You have street cred. So for example, if I was going, uh, if you asked me, I need something to, uh, I need information on commercial real estate. I'd I'd point to James. It was like, you know, go to talk to him. If you know, you go to somebody else in the office here and said I need to know commercial real estate, I'd point to James. If I go to my wife or you know my parents or anybody and know about commercial real estate, they point to James. So James is becoming that authority uh, that authority figure in commercial real estate. So Google says, okay. Look at all these people pointing to James. So when someone types commercial real estate, we're going to send you to James because okay. all these people are pointing to him. So you want to have, um, if you're doing advertising packages, folks, or if you're making sponsorships or you're involved in, in your, you know, your civic community, of course, and you're involved in all different boards and different affiliations and you're, you're uh, setting up your packages you know, with the local business uh, groups, SIEDC, Chamber of Commerce, et cetera, you want to make sure that you are including in these um, uh, marketing packages or in these sponsorships, right? We, we, we're all trying to be good neighbors. We're all doing sponsorships for different places. You want to try and get those groups to point to your website as an authority. Right. All right. So that makes perfect sense. So now again, from the top, we've got our SEO, we've got the metadata, it's describing it right. We've got backlinks. We have other people that are pointing to our website. You're starting to hum, but I'm getting the finger. I'm not, so, not the finger. I'm getting no, the other finger. Still I'm another getting the weight finger. So another important thing on the, on the link. So not only are, so backlinks uh, by far, you know, probably the most important, the hardest thing to get, but there's also internal links that you want to do as well too. So that's, not equally as important, but very important and much easier to do. So what that means is you have the, you have an article, you have a page on your site, you want your keywords to link to other pages on your site as well. Right? So, okay. Uh, so we write a blog mm -hmm. about a new listing, one, two, three main street. Good example. Yep. All right. And, uh, folks, you're writing the blog, you're having the SEO, um, keywords and phrases dropped into your blog. Um, you're going to use uh, not another neat little trick. I'm getting off track a little bit, but let's share it now. You're going to use a unique photo in that so blog, photos, right? Yep. Don't be lazy. Don't take pictures, um, that you used in uploading 
the pictures for the, the home or the property and then use the same picture in a blog, Google catches that. They want a unique photo there to rank you higher. So take a unique photo that doesn't live on the internet somewhere. With alt text, but I'll with talk about alt after. text. Okay, I don't even know. <laughs> we'll talk about after you finish it, wrapping that up. So, so you're gonna have this blog, it's gonna be written, positioned properly, and within that blog, you then wanna have a link, which is living on your website already, mm -hmm. that points to 123 Main Street listing page on your site correct correct right so again that's what google sees that as well too it's pointing to other sites it's not google loves content loves relevant content and loves um you know people continuing the search and click on things obviously so that's where that helps build your authority as well too it's not i have a blog and this is my only page and there's nowhere else to go once you're here they want people continuing to you know spend time on the web you know spend time on on the sites you know, uh, so that's where if there's a link to 123 Main Street, they click on that, they go to the 123 Main Street page. From there, there might be another link to contact us or something, you know, so. To go to the contact page, right. it's that simple. Mm -hmm. That simple, or, you know, even in a blog, uh, it mentions the neighborhood. You know, we have a neighborhood section on our on our site, you know, right. to go to different neighborhoods. So if it mentions Eltingville, you click on Eltingville, it goes to the neighborhood section of our page and goes through that. So it's continuing to keep people there and, and pull them into the site and, you know, get them to search more and more on the site. So, and those are much easier to do because you do them yourself. You know, right. you just gotta, again, find the right keywords, you know, make sure you link into the right pages. Again, you don't wanna, over, don't be overly spammy. You don't wanna, you know, include a, a ton of links. You know, put a couple in there, three or four is fine of internal ones. And then uh, you also want to do outbound links as well too, um, because Google wants to see that you're referencing wherever you're getting your data from, it's a relevant source as well. Okay. Right? So, that's what that's the one thing that can really help you with backlinks um so if we did a article on or a blog on um the staten island zoo because you mentioned it before uh we could link a couple of pages uh internally to our site if we mentioned staten island real estate for something if we mentioned a listing or a neighborhood but also we want to link to statenislandzoo.com or whatever the website is uh and then if we maybe start throwing out stats about i don't know animals or people that frequent zoos or tourism or something like that. Yep. And we link to other sites like that, that are again, authoritative about the subject. Google sees that and says, okay, it's a great blog. It's written very well. It's got lots of stats that are uh, validated, you know, through these other sites, we're going to rank that kind of, we're going to rank that one higher as well too, for these different keywords. So when, when you're reviewing this proposal with your uh, website company, right under backlinks, we want to make sure that you're getting proper, Backlinks to your site, internal links within your site, and outbound outbound links to other relevant places that you you may be affiliated with. Exactly. Right. And and I could tell you, ninety five out of a hundred proposals that we've seen don't have any of that information in there, mm -hmm. folks. No. So 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 important. So you've now got the website rolling. We've One, got. I'll give you the finger again. One uh -oh, second. The point. Getting the finger again. Just because I mentioned the, the pictures before and the alt text. So the other thing, important thing that Google picks up on is alt text on, on images. So when you, uh, you place an image on a blog or a site anywhere, they give you the option to kind of uh, describe the picture, right? It gives you a place to put text kind of behind the picture of what it is. And if it's a picture of the Verrazano Bridge and you put, it's a good place to put keywords, you know, Staten Island real estate, Verrazano Bridge, or the Verrazano Bridge in Staten Island. If so you're you're, this is a descriptor of, of the picture, of the picture right? that people wanna, don't see. People don't see it, but it helps the visually impaired is what it's for. Got so, it. you know, if they click on something and they have um, the, uh, um, the readable 
website, the technology that reads sites, the so Google knows they could read that picture, tells them, okay, this is a picture of the Verrazano Bridge. Wow. It says whatever the description is there, but those are keywords that Google picks up on as well. So you want to include that. And, if, and sometimes you'll see them if your website loads slow or if the bad connection and the picture doesn't load right away, you'll see the text yes. there. It's like in parentheses mm -hmm. or that's, that's yep. the alt text. And that's means that somebody put alt text on there and that's what that's for. So, so again, um, the difference between a professional site mm -hmm. that really is driving traffic and just a digital apparatus that's kind of floating up in space, right? There's a, a huge difference. So now we're, we're building a site, we have the infrastructure, we have the backbones, um, wanted to share some stats about video. It's utterly shocking mm -hmm. how many people are not using video more effectively. So a couple of quick stats, folks. So video on landing pages can increase conversions by 86%. In English, Pete, explain to the audience, what does that mean? So that means when you click on a site and you get to the page that you want, you land on that page, which is a landing page. Um, and if it's for an offer, if it's for a listing, if it's for anything that is either somewhere where you can ask for more information or order something or buy something or whatever, if there's a video describing the product or showcasing or highlighting certain aspects of it, people are more inclined 80, which is 85, 86% of the time more likely to engage or, you know, uh, convert to either buying that product or giving an email address or uh, subscribing to something like that, because wow. it's, uh, people love to consume video rather than read text. And I'm, I'm a perfect example of that I hate to read. Fortunately, I would much rather watch a video and listen yep. to it as it goes on. It's just easier for everybody I think because it could be played in the background of anything. Um, it's, it's just more engaging with his music and it's different cuts and in, I feel in the age that we're in now is a very short attention span for Without everyone as it is, you know? So if I see a paragraph, I'm, I, I try to read it and then I get lost as into something else, you know, whereas a video where there's music or words or anything, different cut scenes, it, it definitely keeps people more engaged. Well, you're not in the minority. 72% prefer video over text, right? That's just mm -hmm. the world that we're headed to. It's, uh, we're so moving so quick and there's so many stimuli that we have to respond to throughout the day that, video is becoming just kind of the norm, right? So um, a couple of more stats just to reinforce how important video is, then we'll get into some video content. 45% uh, watch over an hour of video content a week. 89% um, 89% of property sales start with a click. So tie back now all of the things that we've talked about from SEO and backlinks and outbound links and internal links and metadata and all of the nuances about blogs and keywords and all of those types of things. This is a numbers game. If the more people that you get my listings in front of, the better chance it's going to sell quicker and at a higher price. Right, if 89 out of 100 people are searching for a home online first and yours doesn't show up or your or your site doesn't show up it's a big problem right it's not enough to have the site folks make sure that the professionals that you're hiring have the right site and they have the right people working on the site it's not enough to be there you have to be able to be sourced and found if you want top dollar now this is the most shocking stat of all knowing all of this only 9% of agents use video. In contrast, 73% of 
of homeowners want agents to use video. And out of that 73%, I would say 1% of those homeowners know the nuance of how important it is to produce the right content that's sourceable, that's easy to navigate, that's easy to consume. Um, so in this industry where, without question, I mean, we just had an experience on a listing um, during COVID. We did a virtual open house. The homeowner did the open house for us. Uh, we sold it for, we came within 4.3% yep. of the asking price. Um, and the purchaser never set foot in the house until two weeks down the road when things opened back up in phase they two. Were the house, yeah. They were allowed to go in the house. They went to the basement. They were there for two minutes and they left. So uh, that evolution actually came much quicker than I thought it would. I thought people still would really want this to push it along. Yeah, the, this has definitely accelerated that. So the, the investment in digital assets for us is certainly paying off now. But th this is a time where people are buying real estate without ever setting foot on on the property on a regular basis. Because you could, if with the right experience, you could pretty much be in the home without being in the home if you do it right. And that has a lot to do with video, but also has a lot to do with, um, I think you'll go over some virtual tour stuff. And uh, Well, let, this is know. a perfect segue. Let's get into picture quality and, and Matterport tours, right? There's a, there's a major difference between a Matterport tour and what agents pitch as a virtual tour, right? So talk yeah. a little bit about about the experience yeah. so uh, right away virtual tour i always thought of a virtual tour as what the matterport tour really is it's something where you, know, you could literally walk through the home uh online where you click through and you continue to go through the entire home upstairs downstairs you know 360 views of everything you're, you're in the home you control the experience you control the experience right you move the mouse around or anything else is another way to do it i'll explain as well but that's what was my oh coming from, not from real estate. That yep. was always my experience of a virtual tour. Getting into virtual tours, people are like, oh yeah, we do those all the time, and it ends up being a, a, a slideshow video of uh, still pictures, yeah, still pictures with some text maybe over it, you know, t you know, talking about the the property. And that's again, that's not uh, an immersive experience. It's not. It's not really a virtual tour. It's just, again, it's a video with a slide. It's not even the best video, honestly. It's just a. It's a video that gives you pictures. It takes your pictures, puts them in a. A, a, a slideshow where you're able to move them. That's it. And you have no control and you can watch it and that's great. And it could be easily manipulated, obviously, because of pictures and videos, but that's not what my understanding of virtual tour is. And, and me and James speak differently on this because he says, because I say virtual tour, he says virtual tour, and he's constantly saying Matterport. And I'm saying, yeah, exactly same thing. But, right. You know, we're going back and forth. We're talking the same thing, but he's calling something different. So let me explain this yeah. again for the audience here. So Pete's assumption coming in was a virtual tour. Well, of course, a virtual tour is a 3D full immersive experience that you have control as the user you're going through the kitchen you want to stop and take a look at the molding you want to look at the doorknobs you want to take a look at the pattern of the tile on the floor we actually have glasses that we send out to clients that are out of state they put them on with That's their the iphone thing. in it and you literally you are in the home it is so cool you look up and you're looking up you look down you're looking down you will go forward you walk forward it is legit yeah. like I, you're in the home i take those with me everywhere i go They're so cool because it, it, it's just it, people don't understand what it is again so if we do a virtual tour you know for for a seller and it, again they really don't understand what it's going to look like when it's done Matterport tour the Matterport. sorry again <laughs> Matt, see here we go so the Matterport. i'm giving you the yeah, finger yeah wait so <laughs> 
the Matterport tour, we go and do it, and the seller again doesn't really understand what it is, and they don't know. So I always carry the goggles on me. It's you know VR glasses; they're really nothing. But with the app and um, the other virtual tours we've done in the past, you could just again put your phone in in the uh, the cardboard box, literally with lenses, and you give it to the, the the person, and they're literally astonished. They're amazed where you know they spin around, same thing, look up, look down. Right. Uh, they start to walk where I think it was your your, your father-in-law or uh, somebody. Um, Pop. Yep, Pop, he was uh, in the home doing it. He started walking into the table <laughs> yeah. because he thought he was in, you know, the in the home and didn't realize that, uh, you know, you shouldn't be walking anywhere. So um, it's definitely a different experience whatsoever. It's a great experience. I mean, it's really, if you have a virtual, a Matterport, again, um, if you have a Matterport tour mm-hmm. and someone goes through that Matterport tour and then continues on, says, okay, I really just want to go back to the home and see, you know, one time in love, you, it's a pretty good, solid lead i'd say or elite or buyer that's really interested without, in the home without a doubt because yeah, there's nothing else they you could literally read what's on the table with the uh with the camera that's used um so there's no reason why when you get in that home there's any surprise like this is it you know, right it's, that's it is what it is it, it, it was such such a profound difference the matterport again versus the vir- virtuous virtual tour matterport fully immersive 3d experience virtual tour slideshow stills looking at it on a tablet phone device whatever it is totally different experience uh, we went out and we bought all the equipment. Like we went all in on this years ago. We were like, this is every listing, everything we do should have this type of technology. So uh, again, going through all of the exercises to get people to your site. Now you want to make sure that you've done all that work, deliver the best experience you can, right? Make sure you're investing in high quality uh pictures and video because it matters, right? It really matters when you're, when you're, you're, you're talking about the most expensive asset for most people that they're ever going to sell, put your best foot forward, right? This is what's going to distinguish you uh, against the competition. So when you're out there talking to listing agents, make sure you know, as a seller, am I getting a true fully immersive 3d experience or am I getting stills? Cause there is a massive difference in how that content gets consumed drone footage. That's another thing, right? We've been so trained uh, to see everything at our eye level from our perspective. We found that when you start using drone footage and you have that as your thumbnail, right? And the thumbnail is basically the image that you'll see before you start the video, then it people are inclined to click because it's a different perspective. Absolutely, yeah, that's what exactly what it is. Again, you're trained to see things at a certain way at eye level, street level, whatever it is. And then once you see something up above, uh, again, it's like, wow, where's that picture taken from? Or what kind of angle is that? And right. again, it gets somebody to click on it. And something that I love, you know, the drone, I love flying a drone around, just taking, you know, overhead shots, you know, sometimes, at home, I would fly it around, uh, you know, to see uh, different things and how high it can go and see an overview of the, the whole landscape and everything. But uh, again, it's just a different perspective. And that different perspective is something out of the norm. And it gets people to be like, oh, what is this? And you know, it gets people to go and click on that and, and take a look at something different. Yeah. So um, another neat tool that uh, we, we, we've been using and we have found to be super helpful is with the Matterport tours, we're able to generate um, blueprints, not structural plans, uh, overhead drawings, essentially outlines that show the bedroom size or the kitchen size or on a commercial property, the office size. It basically, the camera will go through and map for you um, this 
overhead plan that we in, in leasing we call the LODs, all right? A, a, floor a, plan? Or a, yeah, the floor plan. plan. Uh, so on the commercial side, it's an LOD, uh, a lease outline drawing or a lease overhead drawing, depending on who you're talking to. And then on the residential side, it's basically just a print of the house. So when uh, the prospective buyer gets home, they can jump on the website. They've got this immersive tour. Oh, what, what did that look like again? Where was the closet? They could refer to prints, right? Yep. Again, I don't want to say blueprints, but they're, they're layouts of right. the house. It's and got all of the sizes. Dimension, yep. They could take out the tape measure. Will the bedroom set exactly. fit? Will, will we be able to get the furniture in? Um, another thing that is uh, overlooked and should be focused on uh, is, is that type of um, access to materials that don't require the purchaser to be there and still be vested in the process when you're not in front of them, right? Um, narrated walkthroughs, something else we've had a lot of success with, right? You want to talk a little yeah, bit about that? I think that started from um, the the live open houses as well, too. Yeah. You know, that's something that uh, I've something that I always wanted to do because I saw value in it, but it, it's it's intimidating. I think for a lot of people, it's definitely intimidating for me. Like I'm not a camera guy. I'm a much more behind the scenes person behind the camera. But um, you know, for people that aren't afraid of the camera or being in front of the camera, these live open houses or you know live open tours or even call them or narrative walkthroughs uh, are in incredibly useful. I think just because it's. Again, if you can't be there, it's an agent pretty much walking somebody through the home like it's an open, home, open house, giving you an, uh, a description of each room, you know, showing you the entire flow of the home. Um, and I, I think we've done maybe five or six of them, I think, live open houses yep. on, on Facebook. And, I mean, we've had tremendous success with it as far as a minute's watch. Uh, I mean, it's been weeks since we've uh, done the first one and the first one still continues to get watched, you know, a couple of minutes here a day while the other ones continue to get watched uh, a, a lot. I mean, there's over, I think in the first day or two, it was over 500 minutes watched on one of the live open houses. Um, you know, and uh, again, that's something that we would share to people as well too. It's like, here's the tour, here's a live open house, here's this. And after all that, they're going still to see the home. Got a pretty solid buyer that's yeah that's coming and and the, the these technologies and these assets, not technologies these digital assets are working for you when you're not working, which means they're working for your property owner, right? Once once the the content is uploaded, people are referencing this a week, two weeks, three weeks, five months down the road. People are finding these things, and it's you're you're in a soft play kind of way. You're still pushing and marketing the asset so um, it's another neat thing that that people and, and again not just for real estate folks if you're an attorney give legal advice to do a series on you know um we went we we googled the top i think we ended up with top 1000 questions that were asked in real estate right so we we did the searches we pulled lists lists everywhere we collated it we got it all together and now we just go down one at a time uh, pete's producing one a day i write some of them he writes some of them becca writes some of them some of the staff write them but basically these are questions like what is hud that was a good example there's another good example yet too but, uh, i don't know if we want to give anyway but or whatever so yeah give a little it's so what hud was a good one you know so we searched um you know what is hud uh and again this goes back to the seo part uh, that we we discussed where we saw many how much volume there was, search volume a month, how many results there were. Yep. You know, there was good volume, you know, not a ton, but uh, actually for HUD, there was a good amount of volume and not a lot of competition at all or not a lot of results. So we, uh, James wrote a blog, 
we optimize it the right way. Um, it, things take time, but now we're for that blog, we're ranked 33, I think right now. Yep. And it's driving, you know, a couple hundred clicks a month, just that blog itself. Whereas I think the one other example, a better example was, um, RFR. What is RFR? Um, so if you don't know what RFR is, go Google it and our blog will probably come up first. It's ranked number one right now. If you put in what if, what is the meaning of RFR, which is the right of first refusal, um, our blog comes up number one. And yep. again, it was something that we searched for not a lot of results, not a lot of, uh, not of, uh, a lot of search volume, but we get good volume that comes in. Anyone looking for that term comes to our site because it's number one. And that's something that if we wouldn't have, have done the reverse search and used the program to identify things that people are searching and then layering in the keywords, we never would have wrote that blog, nope. right? So, and why is this a value to our clients? Because when people are searching, what is RFR? The right of first refusal, they're engaged in some sort of acquisition, right? then they're on a real estate website. So th this is the kind of stuff, and again, attorneys, restaurant owners, people, uh, biggest mistake I've made by far and away is I have taken for granted the 25 years of experience and knowledge, uh, and I want to share it more. I want to be, get that out there because people uh, don't and can't possibly have the same experiences or knowledge that I have in this particular uh, segment. So we get that, that type of information out. People want to know this stuff. I tell the agents all the time, people want to hear what you have to say. You know, you're an authority in this industry. Go ahead and get that type of information out there. Okay, so uh, last thing we did was narrated walkthroughs. We covered live open houses, blogs we've talked about pretty extensively. So now you've got the website, you've got it optimized, you've got great digital assets, you've got the best type of tours, you've got the best videos, the best photos. Now you got to promote it on social. All right, so we, you, you, when you put your best foot forward for search, but not everybody searches for certain things. You know, people need to have things in front of them. So you still have to spread the word out somehow. So that's where social media comes into play. Um, so social media, is, it's a powerful tool. Again, everybody's pretty much on social media. Um, I, me personally, I'm not a huge fan of it, um, but you know, I have to be there obviously, you know, for business wise. So there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's LinkedIn, Twitter, all those things. And there's different strategies for, uh, for each one. Um, it, it can't be kind of the same type of thing where you, you do for one and you do for all because certain platforms allow different things. Right. Um, you know, so and are geared toward different audiences geared towards different audiences as well too. And that's how you build your audience as well too. You don't want to take what you have and just take that product or take that article, take whatever, and put that on every single platform. You want to push people to your other platforms, right? right. So if I just take this article and put it everywhere, someone will go see it on Facebook. Someone will see it on Instagram. Someone will see it on Twitter. Someone will see it on LinkedIn, wherever they have no reason to go to the other platforms and either follow you or see what the stuff you're promoting. Right. So there's things that you want to put on certain platforms, whereas things you, you want to put everything out there, but in different ways. That's what I would say. Right. right. So, so um, the state offered a, a course that all the agents took called EPRO. Right. And I got tremendous value out of that course. Yeah. And they describe the last episode as well. Yeah, too. they describe it as the hub and spoke. So think of your website as your hub and then all of these different social media platforms as your spokes. Something else to keep an eye out for if you're hiring a professional to handle this stuff. Many of these proposals are written. We will post, you know, on two different platforms three to five times a week. Do not allow that 
to be you post it on Instagram, you push it to Facebook, yep. right? If you duplicate your posts, it will impact your content. You want to have unique content for each individual platform that's geared to the way the demographic that uses that platform consumes that content, right? Right. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, which has become a wonderful source. LinkedIn, on the commercial side, we have uh, established tremendous contacts. We've been able to get in contact uh, with reps of all different titles in all different companies. Um, Another platform I wasn't using to uh, a level of efficiency that I should have been. And you guys actually, when we were doing a lot of the Empire Outlets leasing stuff, you guys went in and started sending direct messages to the individual reps and unbelievable responses. You know, um, the kind of ground and pound way that we would go to the shows and try and get in front of the reps and try and get meetings. Now, digitally, a lot of that stuff has been cut out. It's still important. You still have to, you know, kind of press the flesh and you have to get in front of people and you want to make an impression. That stuff is all still really relevant, but... The ability to reach them through these platforms, unbelievable right. access. And I think the meeting them in person just solidifies everything, where everything is done right. initially beforehand, connections and you know outreach and everything. And then finally, when you know you already have that introduction, you, you meet in person, just solidifies everything. But it's um, you know uh, just to talk about the different platforms real fast. I would say um, as far as strategy goes, wise. Um, the biggest thing you want to do is like James mentioned, where you don't want to take a post and push it, you know, put it on Instagram, and push it to Facebook or anything like that. Uh, main reason is different platforms allow different things. So Instagram is mostly a visual platform, right? So it, you know, lots of eyeballs there. Great. You know, they build up a following and it's great to send out messages, but it's generally meant for, for pictures or video. You know, you post a nice picture, you know, put filters on it, you know, put a description and use hashtags so people can search. Uh, so it becomes searchable. Talk about hashtags. Talk about that. Um, so what hashtags are. So hashtags, I'm sure, I'm, I'm guessing people know exactly what they are, but it's uh, something that makes your post discoverable, right? So if you're, especially if you're starting out to build a following on social media, if you don't put hashtags on any of your posts, it's going to be very difficult for people to see what you're posting, right? So what, how it works is you, if you have, let's say, 100 followers and you post a picture, those 100 followers might see it, depending on when they log on, might not see it, but they, those 100 followers will see it. If you don't put hashtags on, uh, on a post or a picture, an image or anything, it limits the ability. No one else is going to see the post. So if you put a hashtag, if you put a picture of a house and then you could hashtag it with so many different things you could put up to 30 of them and there's again there's a deeper strategy on what you want to do and how you want to uh, uh, put hashtags but just putting a hashtag alone if you put let's say staten island hashtag staten island anyone who either uh searches for staten island in instagram that has a chance of being show to show up or the biggest part now is I think, I don't know how long they've been doing it for. It's probably been a while, but you're able to follow hashtags now. Right? And that's what I do a lot on, uh, on Instagram is follow different hashtags like Staten Island or real estate or um, uh, whatever it is, real estate agents. Whatever you're interested yeah, in. Whatever you're interested in, you follow a hashtag. And then this way that shows up in your feed. So it's not only who you're following shows up in your feed, but it's whoever puts that hashtag that you're following shows up in your feed. And how many proposals have we seen where hashtags are not specifically identified and posts great content 
you know, people took time to, to produce a nice post, yep. zero hashtags. People can't find it. Yep. The only people that have a chance of finding it is people that follow you. And if you don't have a big following, then it's not going to show up. And right. the reason why I say a chance is because, again, Instagram changed algorithms where they only show posts uh, to people's followers that engage the most. So if you follow Cassandra Properties, if James follows Cassandra Properties, anyone follows Cassandra Properties, but if you don't like their content or engage with their content, even though you still follow them. And, Everyone and likes Cassandra Properties mm, content. Sometimes, mostly. <laughs> if you don't like it or engage with it, there's a good chance they're not going to show it to you just because right. even though you're following them, they rather show you the post that you're engaged with the most because the more engagement drives, you know, obviously it's better for Instagram and the platform. Yep. Um, so we've covered a lot. Like we, we wanted to, yeah, there's a lot more still, but I know, I know we're, we're going long here. I think um, uh, we wanted to try and boil it down and just give in English, the mm -hmm. basics of things that you should be focusing on today. I don't care what industry you're in. The digital space is going to, if it has not already completely changed the way you're doing business and you have to be front and center. So, um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I have to say uh, the Staten Island Advance right now is doing a neat promotion because this stuff is expensive, folks. To get out there and to promote and to do all the things we're talking about, it, it, it's, it's tough. It's expensive, and these are difficult times right now. I mean, um, you know, people are struggling. Uh, so to their credit, the Staten Island Advance stepped up. Danny Ryan, uh, who's the senior advertising director over at the Advance, um, launched a grant program that we just took advantage of. So if you're a small business out here in Staten Island, the Advance um, has got a grant program. If you're eligible, they'll match up to 50% wow. of your spend. So we just took advantage of a really big package with them. We're super excited to collaborate with the Advance. Um, but this is a good time for... Uh, People are on their devices more than ever now, right? With with Corona and lockdown, yep. and um, more than ever, people are, are are on their tablets, they're on their phones. So for the advance to step up and make that offer now, I think is great. Uh, we jumped on it because it's right. It's tough. It's, you're trying to stretch the dollar and to double the dollar today um, with your local go-to publication is really important. Yeah, especially, like you said, the times are tough now. If they're giving some sort of bonus and going to match things, definitely take advantage of it for sure and commend them for doing that, um, you know, to help uh, get the message out and help, you know, small businesses out here in Staten Island, uh, you know, continue to advertise and continue to get their message out. You know, yep. they, have, they have a big platform here in Staten Island. Without a doubt, right? So, folks, in closing, real estate is typically, you know, to say for a third time, the most expensive asset in your portfolio. If you're hiring a professional, make sure that they have the bases covered in the digital space. That is where it's happening. That's where deals are being made. That's where you're driving top dollar. Uh, Pete, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, happy to join you. And you'll uh, see me in the corner sometimes and on the other podcast, maybe. Yeah, Pete's over the camera there. But tuck Pete over in the corner and he's doing his digital whiz over there. So, folks, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward. Uh, we've got a bunch of great guests lined up and we'll be back at it next week. Everyone stay safe and have a great day.